Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We've got an awesome show lined up for you and talking about a topic that drives everybody absolutely crazy. But don't worry, we've got an awesome solution for you on that mystery topic. But before we get to that, I've got to introduce him. He's galloping into the studio, excited as ever, riding in on his white noble steed. Ladies and gentlemen, Stand up on your feet. Give a warm welcome to the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> oh, it just gets better every time, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. How are you doing, James? <laughs> that intro is the only reason you put up with me, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And I would just like to say, for legal reasons, if you're listening to the in the car right now, please sit back down. Right. Yes. Yes. Down. Thank you. Disclaimer, if you're in the car, <laughs> don't rise up and give him a warm welcome. I mean, you can't just start killing off the listeners now. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> if you're in the car, just flip him off. That would be better. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. What a week it's been, James. How is your good self? It's good. I can't get I can't get out of my mind. Imagine if you introduce people like, ladies and gentlemen, stand up on your feet and flip off our next guest. <laughs> Oh, that might have to be a JTT exclusive. It is. It will be eventually when we, because we're, we're, uh, you know, you guys may not know this. We're planning an event in the background. And yeah. when I probably wasn't supposed to tell you that, but <laughs> when we have the event, that may or may not be the way I introduce you, Dean. Just saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So now, um, now, now it would actually be offensive to not be introduced that way. <laughs> right. You'd be like, why doesn't he care? Why didn't he tell the audience right. to flip me off? This is ridiculous. He's put no thought or care into this whatsoever. Yeah, he just gave me an ordinary, boring, run-of-the-mill welcome. <laughs> he mustn't care anymore. Um, so, hey, listen, if you guys are listening to, to us live, you can call in 888-627-6008. If you're international, plus one, three, two, three, seven, four, 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 eight, three, one. Let's get this party started, Dean, shall we? Oh, I think it's about time. Okay, so here's the backstory on what we're talking about today. Mr. Dean Holland sent me a message, a voice message, uh, last week. He's like, James, I've got a topic for the show that I think everybody everybody is struggling with. And I agree with you, but I don't want to steal your thunder, Dean. What is the topic? I, I totally like got everybody on the edge of their seat, or at least I'd like to think so. <laughs> right they're mildly listening but once yeah. i start explaining the intention will be there i'm sure yeah they're just so. gonna start snoring <laughs> so yeah just as james said i sent him a message um and i'm gonna i'm not i'm, I'm gonna add a little extra flavor in with this because this uh -huh. isn't just something i think's great for the show this is actually something that i'm personally needing help with so i just want to set i just want to set the scene of this perfectly well because this is a topic that james is 
clearly, and always would be my go-to person to help me on this. And so if when we explain this, you're the same, you want to take and soak in every bit of advice. And I'm saying that as somebody that does not like James. Right. So, so we're definitely not talking about fashion advice here because all I wear is black. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so essentially, uh, what I said to James is, do you think we could talk about how to run and manage effective and efficient team meetings? Now, I, I just want to sort of preface this. So I, I've actually got an office typically. So me and probably about 40% of my team are actually face-to-face most days, excluding outside of the current COVID situation. And if you guys are looking for a place to send flowers of sympathy for Dean's office mates, we'll have the address <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, everything welcome, even if it insults. Yes. Um, And so we have gone from that situation where we're face to face. Now, I'll be honest, I've never felt because my team over the last three years has quite, you know, significantly grown as a company. um, I've still to this day never truly felt comfortable and with clarity around my team meetings. It's like something we do, but it just feels like we turn up, update everybody with a bunch of stuff and then walk away. Now, Taking that out of the office now and bringing that into a virtual environment, because for the last, what, three, four months, whatever it is now, we have been operating the business 100% virtually from home. Every team member is at home. Um, But we've still kept our same um, sort of uh, weekly structure with our weekly team meeting. And I'll be honest, I feel that it's actually evolved worse towards that direction. I feel like because we're not face to face anymore and we're not having much communication, especially compared to what we did, that really we turn up to these team meetings and I feel like I just go, there's a bunch of updates of what's going on on my (laughs) side of things. Can you each give me a about what's been going on in your lives and what's been happening lately, James, we've actually been having meetings that have gone on into, you know, 90 minutes, two hours and sometimes more. And that never was the case. Even when we were face-to-face, the meetings were maybe 45 to 60 minutes. So I feel that the situation's worsened. And so mm. this is the topic at hand is yeah. Yeah, how, do, no, how do we better this? Well, um, yeah, that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of sitting on a meeting where you don't feel like you're being very productive. Yeah, that's and I, sure. I come away from them not really feeling like I feel like I got a bunch of stuff off my chest, but I also just took in a ton more other stuff from everybody else's updates. And I feel like I leave and I'm like, what was the point of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, one of the things you may or may not know, I think a couple of years ago, there was a study done and they figured out that more than uh, almost $40 billion a year is spent on unproductive meetings. Wow. Can you imagine $40 billion a year wasted in meetings? Um, And they, part of that study, they, uh, they found out that, 15% of the time, like of an organization. So, you know, 10, 10 people or hundred people or whatever, 15% of all those people's time was actually spent in meetings. Wow. And, and most of the time people were like, uh, we don't even know we're getting anything out of these meetings. And so, you know, what, what you're talking about is not just a thing that's limited to you. Like this is, this is a major issue where business owners are wasting not just time, but time is money, right? And they're wasting a lot of money on um, something that could be done way faster, could be done way more productive. 
And so I think it's a really good topic to talk about, you know, in, especially in light of the fact that many people are doing a lot of the, you know, this work from home type stuff now. And, you know, maybe you were toying with that idea beforehand, but now it's become more of a necessity, or maybe you've got a hybrid situation going on where you kind of have some office things and some remote or you're all remote, whatever it is, even, you know, and here's, here's the thing, Dean, what I've found is, um, when you are remote, it sort of shines a light on all of the places where there were obvious gaps in communication before, but you didn't see them. Right. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I, I, I would absolutely agree with that. I th- I, I'm experiencing it. Right. Cause you can't just like shout to somebody on the other side of the room. Right. Like, hey, where are we with that thing? Right. You're like, right. Oh man, where are we with that thing? And the next thing you know, you're like looking for it or you got to call a meeting and everyone's like, why are we here? Oh, we're looking for the thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, so I think this is, um, hopefully something that, you know, for those of you guys who have a team will be, uh, will be really helpful for. And if you're part of a team, you know, it doesn't have to be your business. You can still take these ideas and run with them. You know, I've got, you know, a number of people who go through my programs who are, you know, just, you know, high performance team members on, on other people's teams. So whether you're a business Mm -hmm. owner or, you know, entrepreneur like Dean and I, or you're just, you know, part of a team, this is, this is, uh, you know, stuff that hopefully will cut through all the noise and get you out of those meetings faster and onto your life and actually getting things done. Because the only reason to have a meeting is that it moves things forward in the organization and helps accelerate productivity. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, um, so in order to, so here's the thing with this, like with a lot of things in this, isn't this topic is not just about like, what is the agenda for the meeting? Um, because if there's not things that are done to sort of set the foundation for organizational productivity ahead of time, then you're just sort of going to run through an agenda, but it's not actually going to feel like it meets the need. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's what uh, what's one of the things that's sort of happening with us as you're saying that I'm just relating this to how I'm feeling with our meetings at the moment. It's like, I've, I've, I, because I, th- I feel the way I do about it, I'm trying various steps to make me feel like the meetings have purpose, you know, and trying to give some sort of structure to it. But in all honesty, I still come away and I feel like it was just everybody going, here's a ton of updates. Bye. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I would say the the very first thing before we even get into the actual structure of the meeting, you've got to, um, you've got to be crystal clear in terms of what is the plan and goal for the company right? Where are we going? What is our major objective and our outcome and all of those things? And it starts with clarity and focus on what are we trying to achieve and who are we, right? Like that's, that's gotta be number one. And I know that sounds like it's, you know, way off in the distance from how do we run a productive meeting, but it's sort of the, um, the 80% of the foundation of how you have productivity in an organization, including meetings is by everybody being crystal clear on what is our goal and what's our mission and what are we up to, right? Who are we? Because if people are coming in and they're not clear what the organizational goal is, if they're not clear, you know, 
who you guys serve as customers, if they're not clear on why you exist, then they're always going to be kind of moving from one task to another task, not necessarily seeing the uh, the arc of continuity that helps them make decisions on their own and bring up the right things when they get to the meeting. So so step step one is far removed from what I would call like your weekly team meeting. And it really is having a strategic meeting. And, you know, a lot of people do this at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. It's like, okay, what are we trying to accomplish this year? Let's renew, um, you know, our expectation for who we are and what we do and what we're up to. And, um, and that's really where meeting productivity starts. And, you know, you, you use the analogy in your book, the iceberg effect, right? Um, that's the under the water part of the iceberg. And there's a lot of under the water parts of mm. this iceberg. The tip of the iceberg is what we actually do on the weekly meeting. The, right. st- the other stuff is all the under the water stuff. And so usually when people are having meetings that are not hitting the mark or they're not as productive as they want them to be, we kind of can reverse engineer back to a certain point in time. And I'm not saying that you guys don't know what your goals are because there's steps that are between that and the weekly meeting, but that's where people really need to start. So if you're thinking about, well, how do I get more out of my team with less time and, and less expense, or just how do I get more results out of my business with less time and less expense? You've got to, you've got to rewind and get strategic for a little while and say, what are our goals that we're trying to achieve? Who are we? Who do we serve? And then we'll talk about some specific things about how you, you know, you, you kind of go from that, you know, 50,000 foot view down, Mm -hmm. but you've got to start at the big picture because if you don't start at the big picture, everyone's always going to be kind of scurrying in different directions and your, your, your meetings won't be productive, but generally even your projects and your people won't be productive either. Right. And you know, you know, it's fascinating, fascinating, actually, as I just was listening to you saying that, because I, because this is obviously a, a topic that um, is very close to me at the moment. I came here with a few things in my mind thinking, right, I'm going to throw these questions at James. And, and one of the questions or, or how I initially planned to sort of begin, and I, I thought, right, I'm going to take it here and go right back to basics. One of my initial questions for you was actually going to be like, what exactly are the meetings for? Mm-hmm. Like what are meetings for? And I think you've actually, without me actually asking you that, you've actually just gone over that because I think. It, 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 tell me if tell me if I'm, I'm misinterpreting this or I'm, or I'm wrong. But what you're essentially saying is, before you think about like anything to do with the meeting, if you and the team is not clear on what the plan is, let's just say, might you say, for example, over the next twelve months, this is the you know the big objectives, and you have say a twelve month plan. Are you, are we really working towards what you're saying here is that everybody needs to be clear on that plan and quite possibly that plan will then be broken down into smaller milestones, I'm sure like quarters or whatever, Yeah. but then the team meetings are going to form a foundation to make sure we're moving towards these goals. Is that? That's exactly right. Like the team meeting is there. The team meeting is there. So, so big picture, we have our, our, um, our strategy and our annual goals and what we're trying to accomplish. embedded in that, which is equally as important. That's like the outside stuff, external. What are we trying to accomplish? The internal stuff is who are we and why are we doing it? And what's, 
what kind of culture do we have inside of the inside of the team and that right. you know we probably won't get into a lot of that today but that that's just as important but it's it's the internal more i guess what a lot of people might say the softer side of things right it's you know right. what's our vision what are our values what do we what do we you know kind of appreciate and recognize versus what do we reject like it's the the thing that creates the culture um right. And so that's kind of embedding all this. But then once we have that that annual um, goal, what we're looking to do is we're looking to say, okay, well, how do we set objectives? What are our objectives that we need to hit in order to achieve that goal? And, and we can go through each one of these in as much detail as we need to. But we go from setting the objectives, which um, I think are best done on a quarterly basis. And so, you're, okay, what's our quarterly objective? But in, in thinking through that, we're taking the big outcome and we're breaking it into smaller pieces. And we're break, the first chunk is what do we think we can achieve? What's our objective for this first quarter that we're going to try and make this thing happen? Then from there, we're looking at what we're going to do on a monthly basis. And in the team meetings, basically what's happening is we're looking at what we're trying to accomplish for the month as a subset of what we're achieving for the quarter and each week we're looking at how are we doing with getting that thing done and what is our measurable progress right, right? right. so so we're we're it's it's a constant whittling down which is why it's so important that you start with the big picture because if you're just going week to week mm. without the big picture in mind then it doesn't necessarily tie back to something strategic and that's where you can waste an enormous amount of time and energy. Yeah. And I, I imagine as well, just thinking back through experiences we've had that operating that way as well, you're probably not going to actually accomplish the goals. Yeah. Because there, there isn't a measurable process in place, is there? Right. Right. Exactly. It's just like, okay, we are, there's a, there's a big difference between doing things and accomplishing objectives. Right. And it's and it's really, really um, challenging sometimes to see this, especially when you're in your business is yeah. are we being productive or are we being busy? Yes. You know, yes. I, I, I always remember a, a mentor of mine calling me a busy fool many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'd like to meet that person. <laughs> buy him a drink <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so um so with that with that framework in mind like that's really the you know there's different components to that whole thing but we're breaking it down into pieces now i'll share a couple things that have been really really effective uh for us and also for uh for my clients one of them is on the on the quarterly basis we're taking, you know, the big, the big goal and we're saying, okay, uh, there's, there's a concept that was pioneered by Andy Grove who started, uh, or who ran Intel for, uh, for a long time. And then he had somebody who was kind of his second in command there and helped him implement this strategy. Guy's name was John Doerr and John wrote a book called measure what matters and in measure what matters, he outlined this um, sort of goal setting process that he used to help companies like Google and other um, early, you know, kind of uh, internet based companies, you know, some time ago. And the concept is called OKRs. 
And OKRs is, um, is an acronym standing for objectives and key results. And it's really interesting because what a lot of people want to do when they're doing an annual plan is they want to say, okay, you know, here's our annual plan. Now let's break things out. What's going to happen in Q1? What's going to happen in Q2? What's going to happen in Q3? What's going to happen in Q4? The, the problem with that is that by the time the ink is dry on the paper, so to speak, the plan is kind of out of date. And none of us have any idea, no matter what anybody tells you, what's going to happen nine months from now, <laughs> right? Like, well, I think we can. I think we can definitely all agree with it with what's going on at the moment. I don't think anybody started 2020 with a plan like this that you've gone no. through for the last six months, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. Nobody had in their annual plan. Okay, we're going to transition to a remote workforce because the entire world's going to shut down. Nobody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right and and so and if you did i want to meet that person <laughs> right for like what why did you do this to us because the only way you would have known is if you were the one doing it right um <laughs> right. it was nefarious so so this okrs basically says okay well how can we kind of um you know take the best of planning and breaking down our big goals into bite-sized pieces but also allow for some flexibility and accommodation um, along the way, right? Right. And and so really what happens is uh, first, we're not going to try and look out for the whole year. We're going to say, what do we need to get done um, this quarter? What do we need to get done over the next 90 days? And we we take that and we turn these into objectives. And so um, a great, great example is something that we've done in one of my one of my businesses. And we said, okay, one of our objectives is to create massive sales, um, from info products, right? Cause we just started launching info products like last year and we want to grow that part of our business up until this point, we've had, uh, consulting and high, high ticket programs and things of that nature where we, you know, implement stuff, but now we want to be able to serve more people, get our products out into the world. And so one of our objectives is create massive sales from info, uh, from info products, right? So that is an objective. And you might look at that on the outset and you say, okay, well, that doesn't meet, you know, the goal criteria that everybody is talking about, about, you know, it's got to be measurable. It's got to be this and that, but that's only one part of an OKR. You've got objectives and then you have key results. And the key result is how do we measure whether we achieve that objective or not? Right. Right. Okay. And, and so, but the, the key thing, and I think the cool thing about objectives is it's it's a simple phrase that's easy to understand by anybody right it doesn't right. have to be like a a specialized thing it should be something that you know walking down the hallway so to speak you know if you ask somebody on your team hey what's our objective they would be able to say oh we're trying to create massive sales of info products yes that makes sense Right. It's just, it's a business objective. It's kind of in common language. It's not something that needs massive explanation. Like the way that I like to think about it, it's so easy that my mom, who's completely not a technical person, not a business person, quite the opposite. Like I could tell her and she'd be like, oh, I kind of get that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and the other thing about a good objective is it's compelling. 
it's not just um, sell sell pro- sell info products, right? It's something that gets people like ah, like I know what we got to do to sink our teeth into that. We want to create yeah. massive sales of those info products, right? And so a good objective has these elements to it where it's short enough and simple enough for anybody to understand, but it also is um, compelling. And then we, and, and so here's the, here's the thing with this though. You only have three to five objectives and that's it. Like in a, in a quarter, do you mean In in a quarter or at any given time? Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. okay. So we, we don't want to overload anything. We want to make sure that I can count on one hand the number of objectives that my company is trying to achieve. Right. Okay. That makes and sense. Then we, we, and then each objective might have three key results. So it could be, well, we want you know this many products we want to sell per month. We want to get them um, out the door at and, and here's how much we want to pay for a customer and so on. So there might be a couple different metrics that are associated with each objective. But once we have that and we have our objectives nailed down for, uh, for the company, that's an enormous piece of strategic work that creates an incredible amount of alignment for everybody on the team to be able to focus and know what our definition of success looks like. And that's right. absolutely critical going into these team meetings. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm actually taking notes because I I'm I'm ticking off all these things that are not apparent or evident in my operations. <laughs> right. Well, there's just like, but these are these are the things that, um, you don't necessarily think about, and so and it's not like I was born knowing this either, right? Um, I think sometimes people think I'm like that cartoon boss baby. Where I just like came out and I started managing things. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> it's not me. I pro- <laughs> like I promise you, I had to learn all of this stuff the hard way, just like everybody else. But hopefully, um, you know, hopefully this is like this is helpful for shortcutting that process because a lot of these things aren't obvious. And this this is part of um, management that a lot of people, especially you know, visionary entrepreneurs aren't necessarily inclined to do and maybe not excited to do. Right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you another thought of mine, just as you're saying this. Uh, I think just thinking about it for myself, and maybe I feel a bit stupid even saying this, but I feel that maybe something that I've done and, and certainly guilty of is feeling like I know the big picture and I'm clear on it and that my team almost has their specific role in us moving towards that. But actually in hindsight, I'm thinking they understand their, what they're doing their piece, but I don't know that they actually know what for. <laughs> yeah. But do, do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm feeling like they've, they, everybody's got their own responsibilities, but is the big picture only in my head? That's what I'm now questioning to myself. I'm, have I conveyed that or am I holding on to that? And, Nobody else actually shares that same vision. They're just getting jobs done. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. That's exactly, that's so absolutely correct is unless everybody knows the big picture, it's going to be much harder to get the best out of those people. And, and here's the thing, like you can have somebody who's working on your team for 40 hours a week, but if they know the big picture and they know how they fit, 
into the mm. big picture, right. they're going to be remarkably more productive and their morale is going to be higher and they're going to feel more purposeful when they come into work. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, another, um, another study that uh, I can't remember who did it that I know about said over 80% of uh, employees have admitted to being disengaged at work during the day. Wow. <laughs> Eight, over, over 80%. And, <laughs> oh and that's a stunning uh, statistic because when you think about it, like if you look at your profit and loss statement and you know all the expenses that are going out, without question, one of the biggest expenses that everybody has is labor expense. Right. And your yeah. people are not cheap. And human resource is expensive. And if you are only getting a 20% utilization of that expense, it's like crazy. That means every $10,000 that you spend on labor, 80% of that $8,000 is not being applied effectively. Oh, <laughs> oh you've, you've given me statistics like this numerous times in the past. And every time I get this queasy, horrible feeling in my pit of my stomach. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's nauseating when you think about it. And, but it's like, okay, well, what do we do about it? And part of how we optimize that, part of how we, we beat the odds, how we go from you know 80% of our people being disengaged to having them fully engaged is through this process of setting a big picture vision and then helping them understand how they fit into that, into that vision. I've got a, um, a cool story for this. So one of my friends was, um, down in, uh, uh, the Caribbean on Richard Branson's Island with him. And they were, uh, you know, they were hanging out with some, some kind of mastermind thing. And Richard says to them, Hey, do you guys want to go check out uh, this new property, it's on another island. I think it's called Mosquito Island or something like that, that we bought where we're going to, you know, put up hotels and condos and all this other stuff. Because currently, like in that setup at that time, it was just his, you know, his personal residence that he had on Necker Island. And right. so everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. So they hop on a boat and they go for a short ride and they get to Mosquito Island. And um, I hope that's what it's called. I think so. And- <laughs> I really hope you've made that up. Yeah, no, the detail, the details here don't matter, right? We're talking about the big picture. So, um, so they get there and there's these two guys, um, local Islanders and they're with sledgehammers and, you know, pickaxes and shovels taking down a, uh, you know, like an oversized shack right by the shore. And, uh, Branson says to the group with my friend, he's like, Hey, you guys, Hang on a minute. I want to go. I want to go talk to uh, these guys. They're they're uh, they're helping us with this project. And so he walks over. You know, you know, ten fifteen yards away or whatever, and they can hear him talking to these guys. And he knew one of them. You know, goes up to him, gives him a big hug, says hello, and then he goes to the other guy who he hadn't met before. He's like, "Hi, you know, I'm Richard, and I just want to thank you for helping us with this project. And um, what you're doing here, helping us tear down this." shack is so incredibly important because once we have this shack taken down, we're going to be able to bring in these big, uh, these big boats that have machinery on them. And then once we are able to do that, we're going to be able to clear the land and we're going to build, you know, this gorgeous, uh, you know, condo and hotel and, mm. and everything else for people. But we can't do any of that 
until we can bring the boats on shore and we can't bring the boats on shore until the shack is taken down. And so, look, I know it's super hot out here. I know this is hard work, but I just wanted to let you guys know how much I appreciate what you're doing because without you, this big vision wouldn't be possible. Wow. Right. (laughs) And it's awesome. And it's like, okay, you know, somebody might look at that project and say, you know, very mechanically, okay, you know, the shack needs to be taken down. The boats need to be brought on. Machinery needs to be unloaded. Things need to be built, et cetera, et cetera. And your job is to take down the shack and they don't give them the broad view of the big picture. And so now this guy's there, you know, in, in the hot sun with yeah. the sledgehammer, you know, tearing down the shack. And he's like, ah, oh, like, uh, why do we have to do this? Right. Right. Yes. It, but yeah, it feels uh, like the worst of the worst jobs and yeah. Yeah, probably but, feeling like you know everybody else is going to get the good stuff, the the machinery, and here we are stuck doing this. Yeah, yeah, but in like in a moment, by helping them see the big picture and tying yes. what they were doing to that big picture, now that job is of utmost importance. Right, right. In fact, and, it switched it around to almost feeling like this is the most important part. Yes, because without yes, us, it, no one else can move forwards. Exactly, and that's and you know you know, that's such a valuable lesson in leadership. And, right. and I think the, you know, the, the, the thing in running a business is there's, there's gotta be an element of leadership, but there also, but then there has to be, you know, where that transitions into management, right. And, and leadership yeah. is helping to cast the vision and help people see the big picture and, and understand how they fit in. And management is making sure that things happen so that we can accomplish that vision. Right. And, and so, um, you know, in his book winning Jack Welch, who is the, you know, CEO of general electric for 20 plus years, you know, increase the market value of G like just, just astronomically, he said that you can never over communicate the vision of your company to your employees. Wow. He's he's like, it is impossible when you think you've said it enough, keep saying it. And, yes. and, I, and I believe that that is true no matter how big or small your company might be. Cause I think the tendency is when, um, we have a smaller company, you know, a handful of employees or a dozen employees or whatever, we're like, Oh, it's a, you know, it's a small company. Like everyone knows, you know, everybody knows what we're doing. Everyone knows why we're doing it. And the truth is a lot of times they don't, or even if they do, it needs to be reinforced and they need to understand how they fit in because that's what like gets the buy-in and, and really starts creating like the energetic uh, passion behind people wanting to accomplish the goals versus just feeling like things are being handed down to them. Yes. Oh, you know what? This, this conversation's epic. I got to say, like, I was just expecting it to be like, okay, um, you you know have a meeting on this day every week about this and <laughs> and we we haven't really spoke about any of that yet what's becoming more and more evident to me is is like going into the meetings with the right structure and the right purpose like you've said with the vision and everything not only is that going to impact the meetings but the whole company like just i i i was just i, I was actually thinking so narrowly about the actual meeting like what is this yeah. one hour about I wasn't even thinking this way. This has completely opened my mind up. I don't know about anyone listening, but yeah, this is, this is good. Yeah. Well, um, that's why I was saying like, in order to answer your question, we had to take a step back. Right. 
right? Like we had to zoom out and we had to say, okay, what, what is this really about? Why are we doing this? You know, I think, um, and, and I think you're the reason that you even were kind of bringing this up in the first place is because we all want to see a return mm. on what we're doing. Right. Exactly. Right. We want to see a return on our time, on our money, on our efforts, you know, our, our creativity and everything. And, it, but if it does, if you don't know how it fits in, then it becomes harder and harder to see that return. And mm. so, um, so that's, that's where setting the big picture goal and then setting those objectives to help accomplish the big picture goal are really important. So just going back to the whole Richard Branson story, you know, big picture goal, we want hotels and condominiums on this Island, right? Okay, great. OKRs. What's our objective? Well, objective number one, we have to clear the land. Okay. Key result. We tore down the shack. Yeah. Right. And so it's broken down like that. And, um, and, and so I think that's, that's a big piece of this. The other thing that's really, really important and helpful is with those key results that are tied to the objectives, you should have an owner for those key results so that somebody on your team is owning that thing. right? Right. And they report back on how are we doing with this? How many new sales did we get from this? How much did it cost us to get those sales? Like all of those things need to be reported back on because number one, like we need to be able to measure everything. But more importantly, I would argue, we need somebody to have accountability for that result itself. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just about obviously knowing the vision and and everybody being a part of that. It's then saying, well, okay, to realize that vision, you know, here's what we got to do. And here's who's responsible for each of those things. And now that's your ownership over those, those objectives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I had a client very recently implement this and over the, you know, I want to say 30 days, 60 days on the outside, they had a radical transformation in how much uh, closer they were getting to achieving their goals because everybody was aligned and then there were owners for the specific things. And when people would come together, now we're talking about how are we doing on the things that are impacting the business, not just how are we like, what did we get done last week? Right. Right. Those are two totally different things. Yes. Yeah. And I think like that's that, that what you just said, the second one, that is pretty much how we operate currently on our team meetings. Like, what did you do last week? Anything you need to let me know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Any yeah, problems? So- I think I say these words. I'm like, okay, how'd you get on last week? Okay, great. <laughs> What's happening this week? Oh, perfect. Any problems you need to tell me about? No, great. Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it might, it might as well be like happy hour with a little bit of work right. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and like, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm starting to, I, I've even got to the point where I feel they, they lack so much purpose in the way that we're doing them. I even said to my uh, PA Haley, the other, I think a week or two ago, I said, we need to find a way to make these team meetings faster. Mm-hmm. Cause I just feel like they're just so pointless. And I, I even feel like if I feel this way, surely my team feels this way. So yeah. I'm just like, end the pain as quick as we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I've, I've been right there with you. Like, Um, and that's part of the reason why I've, you know, studied this stuff and then started, you know, implementing it and then ultimately teaching it was just because it was so 
frustrating for me to sit there and feel like not only was I wasting my time, but now everybody's wasting time and I'm paying them to waste their time. <laughs> you know, right. I'm like, yeah. this is, this is really <laughs> the worst right now. Um, I, I actually, I actually have a different version of events. I like to think that you studied and learned all of this because you thought, you know what? One day I'm going to meet a great guy. I'm going to want to do a podcast with him and he's clearly going to need some help of some kind. So let me just get ahead now purely for the objective of helping me. Right. Right. And you know what? There are a lot of delusional people like you in the world. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, the world needs a lot of different variety. So, <laughs> um, so, so taking that, um, because I want to get it to the point where it's like, okay, what do we do um, on these meetings? Once those OKRs are set, then it becomes much easier for us to have a, uh, a, a monthly meeting. And the monthly meeting is what projects, what initiatives are we going to get done this month that are going to help us move towards accomplishing that objective, right? So we have a high level, you know, we got to build, you know, two new sales funnels. We got to have five promotions go out to our email list. We have to make sure that we have these systems in place, like whatever, right? Those are the things that we're going to get done this month that help us move towards accomplishing those objectives. And, um, and then, and then on the, on the weekly basis, what we're looking to see is what, what tasks are needing to be done to make sure that we're accomplishing those things for the month. And, and so, so the agenda for the meeting becomes pretty simple. Like we always start, we have a, like a three-step approach to our weekly meeting. The first is that we, um, solidify our culture. So for me, that happens in two ways. One, we, we talk about our mission just to help entrepreneurs build bulletproof businesses. And then we go around and we ask people for quick wins. Like what were your biggest wins last week? I like, you know, historically I've been horrible at celebrating and this has become a a real intentional thing uh, for me and, and the team over the last year or so is like, where did you win last week? And everybody's right. got at least one little win in there. And it's not like, what did you get done or whatever? But like, what are you proud of that happened last week that you contributed to, you participated in or whatever? Get that out on the table, right? So we've kind of said, here's where we, here's why we're here. We're here to help these entrepreneurs build bulletproof businesses. Here's where we won in that game last week, right? Right. And so are, you, can it, are you asking, so on these meetings, obviously you've got the whole team there, like, are you asking each individual to share a win? So it's like everybody sharing something specific to them as a part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. So it, either way, what, like, how did you win last week towards this vision? Right. Um, and if you're, you know, if you've got a real big organization, you're not going to go around and have, you know, a hundred people share a win, sure. but that might, but that might happen on a department meeting where there's a smaller group of people. Right. right? Um, uh, and, and, you know, we're going to have them on the show, I think not too long from now, uh, Brandon and Kaylin Poulin, who started Lady Boss, one of the fastest growing companies in the U.S. They have their entire team on their meeting and they always start by everybody sharing and uh, talking about the vision. Like that's yeah. that's the way they kick them off. I've sat in on one or two of their meetings and it's phenomenal. And uh, And so that's like the first step. The second step for us is we review our OKRs and we look at our current numbers. 
okay, so here's our objectives. Here's how we're tracking against those objectives. So that means that's where everybody on the team is contributing to the metrics and um, reporting back for the things that they own. Right. And, and so we're like, okay, here's who we are, why we're here. Let's celebrate some victory. Now let's get, let's get into the detail. Here's our objectives. Here's how we're doing against those objectives. Okay. So that's like step number two. And then step number three is what is our plan this week? What needs to be accomplished to make sure we're on track with completing the monthly things that we set previously? Right. And that's it. Okay. Like, like by and large, like if you cover those three areas and you put the other stuff and you've done the other stuff that we're talking about, then those meetings become way more focused. They become easier to run and are just like purposeful as right. opposed to what are we talking about here? Yes, that makes sense. And are you, um, I've heard some people talk about daily meetings. What, like, I, I could never, at, at this stage, I could never comprehend what that might be for because one a week already feels like a, you know, painful to me at the moment because we've getting yeah. it wrong. So, like, what, what would be a, a daily? Is that, is that necessary for everybody or what's that about? I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I think sometimes you can benefit from it and sometimes it's unnecessary depending on, you know, um, what you're up to. And some people will have uh, like what they call a daily huddle, you know, where everybody just aligns in the morning or something. And, you know, it's like, okay, you know, here's what we're doing, but it's not an opportunity for status reporting or sharing. It's more for people to say, Hey, you know, I've got this issue and I need help with it. Um, right. And okay. making sure everybody's on track with their thing. So my, my feeling is if the other stuff has been done well enough and you have a culture of communication, nobody should be waiting around stuck for anything. Right. And they should feel just as like they can go and talk with whoever they need to because they know who's working on the other stuff and get, get the help that they need. Um, you know, some, some people like them. I, I find them a little bit superfluous, but, uh, but it's, you know, it's a strategy that I've seen work and I don't think it's, um, bad per se, but I don't, I don't feel like spending the time on it because I feel like I can get people clear enough without doing that. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And there's, um, I don't know, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here and asking things, but it's just another thing that I wanted to ask. Cause this is another question always on my mind as the business owner that generally would run, you know, the weekly team meetings, if the business owner isn't there or available or on vacation or unwell or whatever it is, they, they can't be there. Should the team meetings continue anyway? Yeah. So, so that's a great question. So first of all, you're making an assumption that you should be the one running the meeting. Um, ah, you, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I don't run the meeting. Okay. Who my, does? Uh, so, so the person on my team, uh, my operations manager runs the meeting. Okay. You're, you're still in attendance though, but you're I'm just still not in, running. I'm the still meeting. in attendance, but if I'm not in attendance, the meeting still happens. Okay. Because just because I'm not there doesn't mean that people don't need to align and it doesn't mean people don't need to report back. And it certainly doesn't mean people don't need to be clear on what they need to get done that week. Okay. So, That's interesting. Um, so if you have that template and the person on your team is running the meeting using that template, 
then you know that that meeting is going to happen with that, you know, kind of that template with or without you. Right. And does that apply to both weekly and monthly or are you running the monthly? I don't run the monthly, but again, I, uh, I don't think I would want a monthly meeting to happen without me. And if it did, I'd want to see the output so that I could like uh, confirm or sort of veto the plan for the month. But in either case, I'm in attendance, but I'm not the one who's responsible for, you know, getting through the agenda and making sure things are happening the way that I want them to happen. Right. Okay. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, that, again, is another thing. I think if I'm not running the meeting, they don't happen. Yeah. So that's, and the only reason for that is because the template's not in place. Right. And there's no owner for that specific task. Right. Right. So, yeah. so one of the things I'm sure we've talked about a little bit before, but the, um, you know, the, uh, we're looking for a meeting system, right? And a system yeah. uh, that, that I, a definition of a system that I share and teach is that it's a combination of people and processes and tools. That's what a system is. And so we're looking right. for a meeting system, which means there needs to be a process, what needs to happen, and then there needs to be the people piece. And one of the roles of that is the meeting owner. Right. And that doesn't have to be me. Right. Like w- once, once I gave up the idea that I was the one who needed to run the meetings, they actually started running way better. Okay. Cause I'm not, I'm not the greatest at like, I'm, I'm good at setting a vision and architecting a plan and, you know, marketing and sales and stuff like that. But I'm not the person who should be responsible for running things once they're in place. Right. Like my, my goal is to replace myself in those endeavors. Right. And so that I can stay doing the big picture things and working on my most high highest value tasks and, you know, being the one to craft the agenda and make sure it's on track and like all that stuff. Once the process is in place and I have a person who's capable of running that, then that's not something that I need to actively do. I need to participate, but I don't need to be the one who owns it. Right. And, and just to ask out of interest. So if you're, if you weren't on a meeting would you be expecting any reporting back or outcome or something to come from that meeting to you? Or are you just, you know, you don't need to know. It's like, you know, that everything's in hand. There's a process, there's an agenda, there's systems, there's the person running the meeting. Like what, what, what do you do about that scenario there? Yeah. So, so one of the, one of the key things about understanding a system is that while we have people process tools, the only time I consider it a fully functional system is when I have the, a closed feedback loop and I can see what's happening with that system. So in this case, I would still want to see the OKRs. I I would want to see what the plan is for the week that everybody's working on. Cause that's the out, that's the output. So, um, the, there's a big difference between delegation and abdication. Delegation facilitates things happening, but you're able to manage them. Abdication is when you like hand something off and then you walk away. And, and so I want to see the output, but I'm not looking to like, you know, read the transcript of the meeting or listen to the recording. I'm looking to say, okay, 
if I were on the meeting, the way that I would judge the success of the deliverables is looking at our, our OKRs and our reporting and what's our plan for the week. And so both of those things can be put together without me, but I still want to see it. So it's kind of one of these things um, I learned from an executive coach a long time ago who's actually uh, former British Special Forces. And the phrase that stuck with me was trust, but verify. And so I'm trusting that things are working, but I'm verifying that that's the case. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and just one final thing. I know we're working towards the end and I'm now starting to throw a bunch of questions at you, but what about, uh, I know this might be subjective and, and varies for companies, but is there any sort of guidelines as to, you know, how long should team meetings be? As long as it takes to accomplish the objective. Right. So, so kind object- of like sales copy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, my, we haven't quite gotten there. I think we're getting closer. Um, but I'd like, I'd like for those meetings to be like 30, 30 minutes. We're probably about 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. All right. This is, uh, I've got, I've personally got so much to take away from this. So I'm sure, you know, I hope everybody listening has, I feel like this is something that we could, you know, host multiple episodes on as we continue unpacking this whole subject. So maybe I'll have to, uh, have to talk you round into that one. Yeah. Well, I hope um, I hope it was interesting because I don't want anyone falling asleep on the show. And I know that, you know, when we talk about marketing or we talk about sales and like all those things, like, I don't know, those those are like what I think people think are like the real exciting stuff. And it's what I think is exciting, too. But with this, it's um, like I said, you know, if 80 percent plus of your people are disengaged at work this is costing a lot of money if this isn't done the right way. Right. And, and so it may not be like as exciting as talking about, you know, a new Facebook ad or a new marketing hook, but it probably will create more profit and money in your bank account. Um, Right. Yeah. I I would say this is This is going to be exciting to people if they're at the stage to hear this and need this right now. Yeah. To some people listening to this, this is going to be the single best topic we could ever discuss. And, I, and I'd imagine there's some people that are listening that are maybe, you know, into affiliate marketing, for example, and don't have teams. And they think, oh, this wasn't the show for me. But I can definitely say, like, for me right now, this topic is so timely. And, and I am sure that many of you listening have probably been forced into different working environments right now. No matter what you're doing or where you're at, you've been pushed into an environment that's unfamiliar. And whether you are an, attending team meetings as you know somebody in attendance or whether you're hosting the team meetings or whether you're the entrepreneur business owner like i think there's something in that that should have really hit home and opened a lot of eyes and ears so yeah totally. I, think, I think you smashed this i think you absolutely crushed it well awesome uh awesome show thanks for uh, thanks for the prompt on this if you guys are interested in uh my full program on this you can just go to jamespfreel.com forward slash managing and find out all about that um you guys need to start calling us. Call us on the show. 888-627-6008. International callers, 323-744-4831. We are live every single Tuesday at 1 o'clock Eastern. Thank you for being part of our audience. We appreciate you guys. For back episodes and other details, go to justatipshow.com. Talk to you guys later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. 
For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justatipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.